Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host Ricky Valero. In today's episode, we are going to take a look at the take a look at week two of the NFL, the some of the newsworthy things out of it. Share our thoughts on Thursday night football. Give you Matthew Fox's games of the week. Talk about some fantasy football start and sit, and then give my week three best bets, and then we'll finish it off with the movie corner. As always, I am joined by my delightful yet fun partner who before we got on the air really hurt my feelings but now we're here so we're doing the show we haven't i haven't quit quite yet mr matthew fox how are you buddy it's another week uh fortunately it did drop you know into the 60s and actually right now it's it's in the 50s uh, and we have some kind of overcast clouds so i feel like uh this gives me free license to drink those pumpkin spice lattes it is pumpkin spice season couldn't be excited um couldn't be more excited about it um, and speaking of pumpkin spice, um, talk about something amazing. We saw a huge thing of happen. Like it was just the it was it, the first two weeks of the NFL season have been incredibly wild, right? You know what I mean? Like it's just been one after another after another. I mean, we've seen so many close games um, come down to the wire, and then it was like all these games come down to the wire, and then it was like the the Sunday night game and two two Monday night games were just absolutely a abysmal because they were lopsided but uh far at least the broncos won right you're excited about that you know it was both um endearing and disheartening that the home fans had to count down the play clock um so they could get a playoff i didn't ever think i'd see a coach that would make me miss the uh, well-organized days of the vance joseph era um I think Black it needs to do better in a hurry. They've had more delay of game penalties in two weeks than they had all of 2021. I think they said all of 2021 and 2020 combined, which is not a great sign, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was it was quite a week. Just a few quick rundowns of the games last week that kind of ended up with a shocking turn of events. Obviously, you had the Jets squeak one out past the Browns, which actually was a joy for me to watch. Um, the Giants are somehow 2-0, which makes me want to kill myself. The Jaguars blanked the Colts 24-0, which is just absolutely absurd. Ravens blew a huge lead against the Dolphins. Um, then, of course, you had the Cowboys beat the Bengals, which the Bengals are struggling. It sounds like somebody on this podcast, if I remember correctly, called that they would not be as good as they were last year. I don't know who it was. You know, I'll be honest. They aren't my upset special, but I actually picked the Jets um, in week three. The Bengals spent $74 million on an offensive line last year. They averaged uh, 3.6 sacks and 6.5 quarterback hits a game. This year, uh, after spending $74 million and some draft picks, they're averaging um, 6.9 sacks and 10.7 quarterback hits a game. So that's um, – I'm no math major, but I think that's worse. Big question coming out um, – 
be curious to get your thoughts. AFC South, we already knew it was going to be kind of a hot trash just division. I personally believe after the first two weeks, both Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel should be on the hot seat. So I agree with you 100%. I told you, Mike, I thought Frank Reich should have been fired last year, and I meant that 100%. I feel like they he single-handedly caught – I feel like Carson Wentz ended up being the fall guy, which I'm not saying yeah, Carson Wentz – It wasn't part. Carson Wentz's – fault altogether. Carson Wentz finished his QB 14 last year. I think because of that narrative, the Colts successfully spun, you thought he was trash. But when you went back, when I went back to look at stats and stuff, it, he know, was actually not, not terrible. And yeah, I didn't and know was... they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2013. I saw that. That's too. like one that. of those stats that should stop your heart a little. <laughs> it's a Jacksonville team that hasn't been really good since what? I think like, like 2013. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, whatever. But it's crazy because you look at it. It's it's. I said last year Frank Wright should have been fired because of how he mismanaged that white. Uh, how he mismanaged Jonathan Taylor as well. Like Jonathan, he like refused early on in the season, the year before that, just to give him the rock, let him do his thing. But when they got leads, he continued to try to throw the ball. If you give Carson Wentz the opportunity to make a mistake, he's gonna make the mistake, right? You know what I mean. But when you get ahead in these games, you gotta feed the ball. The two things that I think that you point out what's wrong with this team is this. Get your star players the ball, right? Now, obviously, on the offensive side of the things, on one hand, John Robinson failed to really recapture anything on this offense. They really thought Robert Woods was going to come in and be what they needed him to be. I, I didn't understand that. They got rid of A.J. Brown. They drafted Traylon Burks, who, who you know, whose comps were A.J. Brown, right? But – his comps were AJ Brown. There's so many different comps out there, but it's going to take him time to get into those shoes. So you didn't do anything to fix this offense after getting rid of your single best receiver on your team by a large margin. And then, of course, the lack of the inability to get Derrick Henry the ball in his hands blows my mind, right? I can never understand. I understand you want to hand it off to him, hand it off to him, hand it off to him. But the problem is get. it's hard to tackle Derrick Henry, right? You know what I mean? It's hard to tackle that man. I understand you want to give him the ball 15, 20, 25 times a game, but try to get it in his hands in the passing game as well, right? Get him in space, and he's one of the hardest men in football to take down, right? You drove the ball down the field against the Bills very impressively on that first drive, scored a touchdown, and couldn't score another point the rest of the game. I've said this time and time again. This team cannot win if Brian or Derrick Henry gets stopped. Derrick Henry gets stopped. Ryan Tannehill cannot wheel this team to victories if it comes to shootout. He just can't do it. It's just not in his makeup. And I don't. I, I blame some of it on Ryan Tannehill because I think he sucks. But I some blame some of it on Ryan Tannehill, but also blame the plane calling. And then I'll also blame John Robinson for the lack of ability to surround him with playmakers. And that's you know I think that's a fair thing to bring up about. Both the Titans and Colts. I'm not saying the coaching has been incredible, but the Titans really have steadily degraded their weapons um, yeah. and their line. You know, they let a lot of pieces, a couple of their guard, their starting guards from last year are on Buffalo. Buffalo is a team that looks like it has a pretty decent line right now. They don't. They bet a lot on Robert Woods coming back from an injury. We wondered you know, was Derrick Henry showing the first signs of falling off due to age at the end of last year, or was it just Russ coming back from injury? I would think looking at the, how he started, that question's been answered a little bit where I would 
be most critical of Rabel is their defense has been really bad for the last three years, and that's supposed to be kind of his area of expertise. On the flip side, you know, Chris Ballard takes some heat for the Colts as well. Yep. They have consistently failed to get weapons around there. I know they've gone and gotten a new quarterback every year. I, I made a joke that the only difference between Frank Reich and Matt Rule was one Philip Rivers-led playoff appearance. That's only kind of a joke, you know, the, and I know Frank Reich early on would have gotten something of a pass because they seem to have a Super Bowl caliber team. And then Andrew Luck retired right before the season. That's a blow to be dealt from, but they've consistently changed. I think making, you know, you could understand moving on from Brissett. You can understand that Philip Rivers retired, but going, you know, dumping Carson Wentz, who was his guy after one year where Wentz was injured going into the season. And that was part of how they had such a slow start. But their line has noticeably degraded. They went from a couple of years ago having what would have been considered one of the best lines to pretty mediocre. And, you know, when Pittman's not there, they don't actually have a professional receiver. Paris Campbell seemed like a good pick at the time. I was excited to see him play with Andrew Luck, but he's going on year four of doing nothing. And yet this week, two targets, no receptions in a game where they had no receivers and they have nothing that they've been backfilling. But then you would also have to be critical. We've commented at times, feels like Frank Reich forgets Jonathan Taylor's on his team. Sunday would have been one of those times. 24 to nothing is lopsided, but at some point in that game, it was closer than that. And Jonathan Taylor only had nine carries. Meanwhile, you can't protect Matt Ryan and you have no one to throw the ball to. So there is... Coaching deserves to be under the spotlight, but I'm with you. It's it's deeper than coaching. Yeah, it really is. It's 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 you know you had it was what is it 14 nothing at the or 17 nothing at the half, and 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 Jonathan Taylor had five carries at the half. That's inexcusable. Like that's just inexcusable. And the thing about it is, is we've seen big time comebacks already this year, right? The Dolphins down 35 to 14, come back and win the game. Now, why are they able to do stuff like that? Because they have weapons around them. I don't understand why uh, someone like the Colts, why did they not hard press to get Tyreek Hill on this offense, right? There was weapons to be had this offseason where you could have traded for wide receivers and gotten weapons surrounded Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan isn't no spring chicken, right? You know what I mean? He's a little bit older. He's not able to get out of the pocket. He's not allowed to – he's not able to elude that pass rush like he used to be. So that's a problem whenever you have a declining offense line. But you're right. It's it's surface level. Um, the problem with Vrabel is they gave him a contract extension this past season. And we, you reminded me about the Cliff Kingsbury thing, that he got a contract extension. So th- in order to get out of these, these guys are going to come out of this unscathed, I think, just this season. Frank Wright, maybe not. I, I do think that he got an extension, I think, at the end of last season, if I remember correctly. I do think he got one recently. But with even with that, this division – like. The Jaguars could theoretically win this division. They really could. I, I, I don't. You know, you have the, you have the Colts who scored have are averaging ten points a game through two games, and obviously just got shut out by the Jaguars. Shut out. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't get shut out by the Jaguars. You can lose to the Jaguars, but you can't get shut out to the Jaguars, especially a week removed where the the uh, the the Commanders were able to move the football. They scored twenty eight points. Four touchdown passes by Carson Wentz, who already has more touchdown passes than Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? It's – I don't know. Matt, through two games, Carson Wentz has seven touchdowns and three interceptions. You know what I mean? I, and and there's a team where there were 
questions about whether they had managed to find weapons. And Curtis Samuel looks like what we thought we might get when he went there last year. Jahan Dotson looks like a great pickup, and they already had Terry McLaren. They have Logan Thomas. I mean, Carson Wentz went to a better offense, one that worked on the offensive line, worked on the weapons, and worked on building a scheme. Those are things that just – it doesn't – Matt Ryan may have gotten deposited in an offense that has less options, weapons, and talent um, than what he had in Atlanta. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. You know what I mean? Like you have – you know, I was looking at the – it's funny to me. When you look at – I was. I meant to mention this, but like you look at the names that, that uh, Matt Ryan was throwing to this week, I just was laughing. Like his uh, – you had Doolin, you had, Hine, you had Hines, Patman, Strachan, Granson, Ali Cox, you know, and again, again, this is, I mean, this is me just realizing how mad I am again. So you only have nine carries for Jonathan Taylor in that game. He only had one target, one target. How do you not your best player on your team by far? Like it's Jonathan Taylor. He's in tier a through Z. You know what I mean? Then you have whoever else on this roster. I don't understand what they're doing. I agree with you. If, if, if the Colts can't win this division this year, and maybe even win a playoff game because I don't really feel like a division win for the Colts would be anything. Actually, we're talking eight or nine wins is going to win this division. Like I really, I, and I think you agree with me there. Like you're talking mm-hmm. about a team right now. Like it, it's a division that has one win in it right now. Through two weeks in the season, it has one win right now, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's so, actually the team now that I think is going to be the winner. I. If you look at Tennessee's schedule, and the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts play each other two out of the next four weeks, but if you look at both, like both these teams are going to be zero and three going into next week. The Colts are hosting the Chiefs. I give them a negative five percent chance of winning that game, the way that they're playing and the way that the Chiefs are playing. Even if the Colts get Pittman back, which it looks like they're tracking to, at, you know. Their defense hasn't been incredible. Their offense hasn't been able to move the ball against lesser defenses. Tennessee is tracking just about the same. I I think it's a long road to hoe. And if you look at Tennessee and Indianapolis's schedules, like listen, you're right. Like so after so after the in November in November, these are the teams that the Titans play: Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, Cincinnati, and then after that, they have Philadelphia. Like and then they end the season. They have Jacksonville twice. You know they could be very much going into. If, let's just say that even if you split the Indianapolis game, I, who's who knows if they can beat Washington? Who knows if the Titans can beat Washington in Washington? You know what I mean? You're talking I about a team. I don't think can, they can. I agree with you. Know, Washington's a better team. Tennessee's not going to be able to beat anyone if they can't figure out some kind of defense either. Yeah, and and they can't score points. You know what I mean? And that's I mean. I understand losing to the Bills, right? You know what I mean? A lot of teams are going to lose to the Bills, but you got embarrassed by the Bills this week. And that's and that's to me something that's very alarming. But with that being said, we're going to jump into news and notes. I'll tell you what, those fireworks are perfect for the news and notes this week because if anybody watched the Saints and Buccaneers game, there was some huge fireworks I think it was like halfway through the third quarter. These games between these two teams have always been 
Um, you know, they're, they're chippy. You know what I'm saying? They're always chippy. It's a division rivalry. And for some reason, Tom Brady in his previous four games in the regular season just failed to beat the Saints. Um, the score, the final score ended up being, I was in 20 to 9 or whatever it was. So they ended up beating them, but through that third quarter, we saw a fight break out because there was a play where Tom, you know, Tom's frustrated. Tom's being, you know, Tom's being Tom, as we've noticed over the years, he gets frustrated and um, thought there was a pass interference call. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I know everybody's gonna be like, you were biased. Yeah. I did think it was pass interference as well, but Tom darted down the field, started yelling. And of course, Lattimore and the, and, and the saints got involved and they came to, you know, blow, you know, not blows, but verbal blows there. And out of left field, you had you had um, who was it from the Bucks that came in first? It wasn't Evans first. You're muted there. You're muted there. It was Mike Evans. He came off the sideline. Yeah, no, somebody somebody else I think came over to, to him at first. Like, had words with no, with Latimer first. He and Brady were going back and forth talking, and that's oh, it was Fournette. Evans Fournette came, came over there too. Yeah, yeah, and then Evans, Evans came, came out of nowhere and just. Now, listen, there's a history between Evans and Lattimore, so it's not really surprising. But at the same time, guys are are built to to protect your quarterback. You know what I mean? Like your quarterback can't be in a scenario where you're where they could get roughed up or anything like that. But Evans came up. It was a cheap shot by Evans. I'm not going to lie. It was, period. End of story, period. You know what I mean? He came over there, gave him a big blow, and then it started throwing some uh, throwing some punches. Everything kind of happened. I'm surprised. And at the end of the day, Mike Evans is suspended for this week's game. Big matchup, I think, for – for, for this team as you know, they are two and zero, but they're struggling on offense. But the one thing that, that really. We got comes a in, uh, fun oh. trade question for you. Oh, perfect. I'm not even. Well, yeah. All right. So with that being said, we, yeah, we'll trade, trade at Cooper cup and Aaron Rodgers for a Patrick Mahomes and AJ Brown and super flex. I have chase and St. Brown. Uh, definitely rather have Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes Brown is way better than, especially in Superfight. Yeah, it's tough to lose Cup, but I think Chase and St. Brown uh, and AJ Brown will be fine. Yeah, especially with having, yeah, especially with getting AJ Brown in return. Um, Rogers, I mean, who knows what he's going to do the rest of the year. Um, and then on top of that, we have another question I didn't realize. Do you think I will, would be able to pull off a trade of Carter and Corey Davis for Najee? If I wasn't the Najee owner, not. Yeah, I wouldn't do that in a million years. Um, uh, I mean, Carter's looked okay, but it already looks like uh, Brees Hall is starting to usurp him for as much as they like his heart and his character. Hall's usage is going up. And Corey Davis, I mean, he has had two good weeks, but last week was mostly um, the Bengals or the Browns defense completely forgot about him on like a 66-yard bomb as time was running out. If you took that away, he didn't have reliable production. I think with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, I'd rather have them. I agree as well. Sorry about that, Sammy. That's my bad. I have the chat blocked off in the corner, so I'll take all the blame for that one. Um, yeah, so with that being said, you know, we're the Bucks uh, signed Cole Beasley. What is that going to look like for Sunday? I think they have Cole Beasley. Uh, Perriman, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller looks just absolutely dreadful. I don't think Beasley will get called up. He's on the practice squad. I, I did say that. Yeah, I would be surprised. Godwin is. I don't think go. I don't think he's going to play. And Julio Jones. Everybody said he was only just getting veteran days off the week before. Looks like he's actually hurt because he didn't play last week. Yeah, and 
it's crazy because of how good he looked. It's like we saw flashes of it, and then he gets hurt again, and it's like we're we're here all over again, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of insane. I as much as they're going to be down, I, I just am not convinced that they're going to actually pull Cole Beasley up and play him week one. So I think you're going to get Russell Gage. You're going to get Scotty Miller. Um, you're going to get Perriman. Perriman looked decent. He'll be out there. They have Jalen Darden. Um, they'll use their. I wish they use him. I also think they will probably try to lean on Fournette. David yeah. Montgomery only had 15 carries, got 122 yards for the Bears, who had no passing attack on Sunday night. Um, the Packers let Dalvin Cook run all over them on week one. So I think there is an opportunity to run the ball. Lenny has been running pretty well. Uh, I think that could be a big feature of that game. I agree. We got a bit of a snoozer tonight. I mean, uh, a football game tonight. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns in what feels like it'll be a 6-3 to three matchup. Um, you have Jacoby Brissett taking on Mitchell Trubisky. My first question to you before we dive into some of this is, do you think it's Kenny Pickett time? I get why they were calling for him. You know, Kenny Pickett is a former – or was in first-round pick – um, and the offense has not been spectacular. They largely won in week one because of the defense. Um, at the same time, if you've watched that offense, Mitch Trubisky's not their only problem. I'm not saying he's been incredible, but they they never really got the line right. They didn't work on that. You've seen Najee Harris last week had 15 carries and 49 yards. We know that he's got decent talent. He's not able to move the ball. I'm not sure throwing Kenny Pickett in on the road on a short week is going to get them there. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, it's it's definitely not time for him maybe yet, but I think another week of struggling station has to start happening. You know what I mean? We have to start having that conversation of, of they almost lost week one. They probably should have lost week one, even though they had five turnovers and 85 sacks of, of Burrow. So. Yeah, and I think if they're continuing to struggle in a few weeks and going – through they will possibly look at making that decision we we know even though mitch got named a team captain he must not have a very solid grip on the job because he was actually named a team captain before they even officially named him as a starter tomlin waited a really long time i just think tomlin would prefer to roll with with veterans and try to grind out wins but if that becomes impossible he has never had a losing season Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As a Steelers coach, we thought they might be in for it this year. He's going to do everything he can to keep that from happening. All right, who do you got winning the big game tonight? I personally, I went back and forth on this with you know the lines at plus four and a half, and I was like, man, should I? You know what? I think the Steelers win. I'm also taking uh, the Steelers. You know the Browns. I like Chubb. You know, I think he'll he'll run strong. I just don't know with Brissett if this passing game can support more than one fantasy asset and. 
I don't know how they're lying. Batonio comes in, beat up a little bit. Jack Conklin's beat up a little bit. They're going to play, but they were on the injury report. Uh, so is Miles Garrett. Um, Jadavian Clowney is out. So in a close grinded out game, which I think this could be, I would give the advantage to the Steelers. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I, I truly don't feel like this is – it's going to be very close. We're talking I, – I don't know how many touchdowns are going to be scored, but it doesn't feel like there's going to be many of them tonight. I think both – we got a 17-10 finish tonight or something, 17-13 or maybe even a 9-6. to I, don't, I might throw some money on the game to end 9-6 to tonight. You just had five field goals. That's it. No touchdowns or anything like that. We got a late field goal by Chris. Is Boswell still there in Pittsburgh? I don't even follow kickers. Boswell, yeah, Bos- yeah. Boswell's there. All right. Well, if Boswell's still there, then they might miss the field goal. The so. last of the killer bees. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So now with that being said, we both took the Steelers, which I'm a little bit surprised at. I, I try not to look at the show sheet of who you picked, so I, I didn't know if you'd be with me with on that one, so I like it. Um, now transitioning over to Match Games of the Week. So in the early window, the game I like, which I actually think is the game of the week for week three, is the 2-0 Bills at the 2-0 Dolphins. Uh, Both these offenses have been going gangbusters. The Bills have had a pretty good defense. They have shut down the Rams and then the Titans. I'll be curious to see how they fare against the Dolphins. The Dolphins, uh, obviously, in that track meet with Baltimore last week, but their passing game is going really well. Neither of these teams can run the ball, so I'm still not in on Chase Edmonds and Singletary, but I'm hoping for some good, fun fireworks down in South Florida. Late window game that I like is the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady and Rodgers should be a good one. Both these teams are uh, lacking a little bit at wide receiver, thanks to the injuries to Godwin and the suspension of Evans. You're still trying Endings out. This could be a run-heavy game. I kind of uh, like Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Leonard Fournette in this one. Um, Jones really was the difference maker last week for Green Bay. I think this is going to be a fun one. Sunday night game, 49ers at the Broncos. I love the Broncos, but they have not looked good the last couple of weeks. The 49ers offense looked like it kicked into a higher gear when Jimmy G came out last week. He's unquestionably the starter this week. Denver's defense has struggled uh, guarding the tight end and going over the middle, and it looks like this might be George Kittle's season debut, so that has me a little bit worried. I'm excited for a fun primetime game. I'm also hoping the hometown fans don't have to count down the play clock just so that Denver can get the ball off. My upset of the week... They burned me in week one, but I'm going back to the well. I'm taking the Lions over the Vikings. I cannot believe that they are six-and-a-half-point dogs uh, in that game. If you watched both these teams play the Eagles the first two weeks, the Lions let the Eagles build a lead and then came back and made it very close at the end. The Vikings looked awful on Monday night. I actually just like the Lions. I think they have a little bit more heart. Yeah, looking at some of these lines this week, it's been quite interesting, and and I'm very. Did you know that Denver are home underdogs? Don't even get. Oh, that's. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I've got some. I've got some tidbits on that that's really gonna really uh, light some fires. But uh, we're gonna head over to our start and sit segment, folks. I think that's my favorite like music of all the ones we have. You know what I mean? It's got like a little upbeat tempo to it. Um, you know what? I am going to jump off into our must starts of the week. And there's a few guys that I'm taking a look at 
Um, I almost had, I almost had like a full fledged commanders thing. So I had to really retool my entire thing. Um, I like Carson Wentz this week, um, seven touchdowns through two games. You can't not like that guy. I like him ahead of a couple different guys as well. I like him better than Brady this week. If I own both those guys on my roster, if I had both those guys on my roster, I would start Wentz over Brady this week. I know that sounds absurd, but I just would do it. Same probably for Russell Wilson. Um, AJ Dillon, the two headed monster is going to continue. They have to keep feeding both of these guys the ball in order for this offense to work until Rodgers figures out his weapons there. Uh, Garrett Wilson's a guy that I really feel like is going to continue to thrive. They're going to get, a, get him the ball, get him the ball, get him the ball. You saw what he's capable of doing in that offense. And to be honest with you, like the more I see this Jets team play, if if Wilson can play just a little bit better than Joe Flacco, this team might be a little bit better than I think we gave him credit for. And I, well, maybe me personally gave him credit for. Um, and what's uh, Salah? Salah is that how you say his name? Salah is do, building there. I really feel like the Jets can be a contender in in the next year or two. I really like that team. I and thought they would take a leap. I had them at a six win team. Yeah, it. It's kind of surprising just to see them play, like I said. And, like, Flacco hasn't been playing great exactly. So it's kind of – he's playing, you know, enough to, to kind of, you know, move the chains and stuff like that. But the team looked like a completely different team in week two than they did in week one anyway. Um, but – and for my tight end, Logan Thomas, I love Logan Thomas. I think he's one of the better tight ends in football if he stays healthy. You know what I mean? And, and I think that he's one guy that I think is going to have a big week this week. Um, with Wentz. So I, I hate to go on both commanders there, but I did it anyway. Fox, who are your starts for the week? Well, my first one you're going to love. My quarterback start is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he is looks really good. Last week, 199 yards, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Ended up throwing for over 470 and six touchdowns total. I think they're going to have to put up points to battle with the Bills. It looks like he's made the most of having Tyreek Hill, Mike Gusecki, and Jalen Waddell out there. I think this is going to be a fun game. I have him finishing top 12. Uh, My running back start, I mentioned it earlier. I think the Buccaneers are going to have to rely on the ground game. I like Leonard Fournette in this one, especially after we saw Montgomery, who had been totally bottled up the week before, run for 115 years. Or 122 yards on 15 carries. My wide receiver start, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's had eight straight games of incredible production. I think that continues. He has really found something with Jerry Goff in that offense. And I think that continues. Did you know that if he makes it to nine straight eight yard uh, eight reception games, he breaks the record this week? And you know what? I think it's gonna happen. He's tied with AJ Brown uh, with he's tied with uh <laughs> Antonio Brown right now. Yeah, because I think Minnesota's going to to put up points. I think it's going to be a back and forth game. Um, but I obviously said, I like the, the lions this week and then I'm going with Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, they've been getting him involved. I think this is going to be another up-tempo game. Carson Wentz is going to want to do a lot of things. I liked that pick of Carson Wentz. He's going against the Eagles. We haven't seen that revenge narrative play out that well, but I think the Eagles are going to be going out looking to do some stuff too. I was encouraged last week that Jalen Hurts spread uh, the targets out among A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, getting them all involved. I think there's room for all of them to be successful. And the tight end landscape is not quite as bullish as we thought it was going to be preseason. Yeah, I agree. It's it's been quite interesting that that Eagles offense looks so good Monday night. Like it looked like a more fine tuned. Like week one, they looked incredible. Don't get me wrong, but they looked like a more you know balanced offense, which kind of surprised me. But 
Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind right now. Like that team has every opportunity to run away with that division, which it's, you know, they do. They really have the opportunity to do so. I like the commanders in that game. I don't think they can win the game, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people expect. I personally feel like it, it, I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty good, pretty good game. I think. It seems like the NFC East in general is better than we, we thought they were going to be. Don't even, I'm, I refuse. I've, I mentioned this week on the show with Chris I refuse to live in a world where the Giants are 2-0. I, I just well, – They won't be undefeated after Monday night. So with that being said, my sits of the week, uh, I mentioned them earlier during my starts. I'm sitting Tom Brady this week. Uh, I just – I don't have any faith in these pass catchers. I'm sure this is just going to result into him throwing five touchdown passes to, you know, Tom Brady's stepson, his kid, his – you know, you know, we'll have somebody – Bruce Arians might get out there and catch a touchdown. I, I don't know. Somebody – Byron Leftwich might go catch a touchdown. Who knows? You know what I mean? He'll probably throw five touchdowns because I said this. Uh, Melvin Gordon's my sit at the running back position. Um, the 49ers run defense is pretty good. And I just feel like I, I have a lot of thoughts on this game, but I just think that Melvin Gordon's just not going to find the end zone this week. And Tyler Lockett, sorry. I mean, he had his one week that he's going to be good, and he'll probably have three weeks where he'll have one catch. So that's my other one. I don't have a tight end this week. I just have those three. What about you, Fox? So my uh, sit at quarterback is Russell Wilson. Um, I still like Russ, but this offense needs to come together a little bit. I still have him as a top-end QB, too, but I just don't see a top-12 finish right now. They need to work some stuff out. Last week he was QB 24. Um, I'm hoping for better, not even confident if Judy's going to be healthy enough to play or Hamler, and um, that makes their receiving situation a little bit interesting. My sit is Chase Edmonds. I mentioned um, the running game is not something I'm looking forward to in Miami-Buffalo because neither of these teams seems to commit to a back. They're using committees, and neither of them seems to care about giving a lot of work to those committees. Chase Edmonds signed a big deal, but he has barely – been involved. I don't see that substantially changing. And Mozart had more carries than him this week, right? Too, right? And yardage. You know, yeah. Mostert seems to be the rusher, and Edmonds is not a big enough factor in a passing game there. It just, it's, it has not panned out yet. Maybe it gets. I think better Mozart's a better play. back, too. I, Mozart's pretty so, good when he stays healthy. Well, yeah, yeah. Two, two or three more weeks, and he'll probably be gone. <laughs> um, my wide receiver sit is Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, I was hoping he was going to have a big role. It's been an inconsistent role. He's dealing with that concussion. He fumbled twice last week. They need to work some things out um, with the Raiders. It's It looks like they're more locked in on Devontae Adams, uh, Darren Weller, and sadly, Matt Collins. Um, my tight end set is Albert O uh, for the Broncos. The Broncos are using two or three different tight ends. Last week, it was Eric Saubert who got the one touchdown that they had. So I just am not confident in them. All right, well, maybe we shouldn't be ringing the bell because last week wasn't so pretty. Uh, ended up going 0-3, which really broke my heart because I, I really felt good about the Bengals' first half against the Cowboys. Who knew that Cooper, Rush, Ruff, whoever it is, whatever, I, I don't even care. Like, how do you get down 14-3 at the half? I really thought the Bengals would come out there and, and show the Cowboys up. This is another thing. We mentioned it earlier. How do you drive the ball down the field and score a touchdown on your opening drive? But then you don't score another touchdown all game. I had the Titans over uh, one and a half touchdowns, and then the Bucks just could not move the ball down the field. They only got to two touchdowns and 0-2 oh, and a half. So far in the year, I am 2-3-1 on my bets, and I'm not very pleased with that. But we're coming back this week. I have four 
Very strong picks that I like. I've got three underdog bets against the spread that really kind of makes me nervous. But with that being said, I really feel like um, my first one is going to be the Houston Texans plus three and a half over the Chicago Bears. I really like the Texans defense and what they're capable of doing. Um, the Bears are just not good at throwing the football. They're just not. And I think the Texans defense has really been strong throughout the first two weeks of the season. The Broncos look like a mess. So what do you kind of factor in with that? Was it more of the Broncos being a mess or was it the Texans defense? Either way, you still have to walk away impressed with that defense. My uh, second bet of the week is going to be the Broncos plus three against the 49ers. It blows my mind because, you know, you automatically get – three points for being the home team, right? You get three points out the board for being the home team. Not, so that means that the spread is four and a half points in favor of the 49ers on the road in Denver. I like the Broncos, and I even like the plus sign, the plus plus line there, plus 100 for them to win this game. I think the Broncos are going to beat the 49ers. I know they haven't looked great, um, but with that being said, I really like the Broncos plus three and a half. And then, of course, moving on to the Cowboys Monday night game. I have it. I got this at plus three and a half. It's gone down a little bit since the, since the announcement of or just since the movement of the spread. So the plus three and a half is still is sitting at minus 162. I still like it at that number, even at the plus three at minus 148. My Stone Cold Lock of the Week is going to be the the loss. I keep on trying to say St. Louis Rams still for some reason. They haven't been St. Louis in like 10 years. But the Los Angeles Rams um, on the road against the Arizona Cardinals, minus two and a half. I really – actually, sorry, I brought that to minus three just because of the number. The Rams are going to destroy this team. The Cardinals should not be one and one. The Raiders blew that game. I don't believe in this Cardinals team. I think it's awful. And, and I'm sorry. I just really like this Rams team. Um, so give me the Rams minus three on the road against the Cardinals. So just a quick recap right there. Cowboys minus are plus three and a half Broncos plus three Texans plus three and a half. And then of course the Rams minus three this week, Fox, what are your quick thoughts on my bets? So uh, I did pick the, the Broncos to win. I think ultimately they will. I actually also picked the Cowboys. Um, you know, I think that's going to be close. So I like, I like those bets. I picked the Bears to win. Um, there's something about at home. I there's some. I like the Texans okay, but they watching them play last week. I there's something not quite in sync. Um, which it's hard to believe that could be the case with a Lovey Smith coach team. I know, but uh, so I actually picked the Bears in that one. I'll be curious to see, and I picked the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals looked a lot better uh, in the second half. The Rams have looked really bad um, the last two weeks. They look out of sync on offense and defense. The Cardinals are usually better in the first half of the season. I thought these teams might split uh, games this this year, and so Cardinals at home. Uh, and also, just to add a tidbit, I had said this on the podcast or on, on this betting show the other night, but I refuse to live in a world where the Giants start the season 3-0. and If I live in a world where that happens – I might just want to jump off a bridge. I, I'm just going to throw that out right there. Uh, I just cannot believe we're going to live in a world that happens. But with that being said, folks, we're going to transition over to the movie corner. So anybody there, if you want to drop in some questions while we're talking about movies, we're more than happy to answer them as they go. But with that being said, we're going to transition over to the movie corner. <music> 
little bit of a light week in the world of film. A couple of things coming out on streaming platforms is Meet Cute is on Paramount+. Plus. Um, last week, we saw the release of Good Night Mommy on Prime Video. Sydney, a documentary about Sydney Poitier, is dropping on Apple TV Plus tomorrow. And then for theaters, we're looking at Don't Worry Darling being the big release of the weekend. Fox, have you watched anything? I know we're in the midst of the opening of fall TV. Have you seen anything that's piqued your interest quite yet? You know, uh, the new fall shows, some of them have been okay. I, I know you saw Reboot and you enjoyed that. I thought the first couple episodes were were pretty interesting. Um, I watched the pilot for her Quantum Leap and it made me, it confirmed my suspicion that we didn't need a new version of Quantum Leap. Um, so I'm, I'll be curious to see, you know, the thing, the big thing, um, house of the dragon, we've now gotten to the midway point in the season where they're going to switch and age up the characters. I'm going to be curious how that goes. The season has been interesting, but not what I expected. And I'm kind of with you. It's, it's going to be kind of weird to see the two of the main characters, like, totally gone like i'm excited about the one girl because it's olivia cook you know what i mean because i know she's an incredible actress and it's not to say that this girl that's taking over familia holcox not going to be great because she might be but she's just been such the forefront of the show it's going to be hard to see like between her and matt smith like that's that's the hard that's the show that's the show you know what i'm saying it just is so we're getting that like i think it's a 10-year jump i think they're going into next week so, which is going to be very, yeah, it's going to be weird how they handle that, which I don't understand if they had to do that. Like, if you kind of knew you were going to get a second season, I just feel like they could have played this out a little bit longer. It's going to be weird how everything happens. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's going to be weird. It's this, you know, we got, I think we had 10 episodes this year, I think it is, right? Yeah. So it's 10 episodes. So we're going to go through the second half of the season. I've, I've enjoyed it so far. I've, I've been a fan. I've liked some of it. Some of the storylines is weird. I just want to see how they play out before I kind of make a decision on how I feel about the certain storylines. But jumping 10 years, mid-year is going to really kind of – it could really hinder the show really bad. You know what I mean? It could. You know, it could make a t- bad trip for the worse. So, Yeah, and we're, we're launching into network uh, season. So far, there's only been two new network shows I've, I've seen, which is Monarch, um, which is horrendous. I watched the second <laughs> episode, and I was like – Oh my God. Imagine if they took Empire and they had mediocre music and no reason to watch. <laughs> Set in the world of country music. I like this was a high profile get for Fox, but they they held on to it for over a year, which was curious to me, like why why it was continuously because it it got picked up to pilot in in 2020, I believe. I'm like, why you know why is it taking so long? And then I watched the pilot and I was like, right, cool. That's insane. That's uh, pretty insane. Between that and Quantum Leap, I'm like, oh, now I know why no one's watching network TV, guys. That is pretty insane to think about, though. Like that's yeah, that's pretty weird how it just it's taking that long and then whenever it comes out it, it sucks so that's that's funny. well it it makes me think that's why it took that long but you know one of the movies that came out last week that i don't think either of us had seen at the time we did this is the woman king and we both uh love that movie both of us now have that up in the top 10 if you haven't gotten a chance to see it it's a great action movie uh, really love viola davis uh really loved thuso bede bedu I apologize for not pronouncing your name. You were incredible. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I also liked Lashana Lynch. I thought she was really good in the show too, or in the movie too. I'll tell you what, I a great cast. Yeah, ensemble is incredible. Like I've, you know, a lot of the things I've seen so far. Obviously, over the next couple of months, we're going to be pushing a lot of films out the door with a lot of uh, um, a lot of Oscar award contenders. But you know, it's going to be hard pressed for me to really kind of erase a few performances that I really love, like Emma Thompson and Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. That was really good. Um, Regina Hall in uh, Kong for Jesus and now Viola Davis like Viola Davis kind of solidified herself in my top five right now we're got a lot of movies coming out and I'm, I'm, I'm not planting my flags on certain people yet but there's been some incredible lead actress performances that it's going to be really hard hard pressed for me to kind of step away from and add somebody to over the next couple of weeks I've got a lot of movies that are going to be interesting to see I've got the Nashville Film Festival coming up of course American Film Institute's coming up um, which is going to be an incredible festival that I'm really looking forward to. But with all that being said, I'm excited. We're, we're getting ready to, um, you know, anybody, you know, we're getting ready to load into award season, which is a very busy time for both of us um, right alongside of the holiday season. So I'm excited to see a lot of these movies and ready to put to bed. If, if don't worry, darling's good or not, you know what I mean? I'm excited about that one. Um, we'll see if that's good. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous, but also, uh, you know, also don't care what the scores from other people are. If the movie's good enough, I heard the twist is predictable, whatever. As long as the movie's, you know, watchable, I'm, I'll be happy because I don't want to waste the time at the movie theater. But if you don't have anything, Fox, I don't have anything. It's been great talking to you guys. Um, we're going to be back next week. Should be same time Thursday around lunchtime. We've been trying to pump these out the same time so that you can join us each and every week. Make sure to get any questions in. We hope you win all your games. I hope I cash all my bets because if I don't, then I might just – you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, you know, I'll just come back next week with seeing even more picks. Maybe I'll come up with 20 picks. But as long as the Giants lose next week, I don't really care what happens in week three of the NFL. So we'll see you guys next week. Go Titans. Fuck off.